Hey everybody, welcome to your weekly sermon from Brad Tuttle Ministries, and I am so glad you decided to join me today. I am home this week, obviously, gone uh, the previous week and ministering out of town in Ohio, and everything went great there. Uh, just really used those four nights of that week to, to teach people about how to be used by God. It's great to see people who have a desire, who show up with pens and notebook papers, and they just want to take notes and, and, and really grow and learn. That's how you get discipled. A lot of times people just come and listen to a sermon and they never grasp it. Believe me, I've been doing this long enough. You can preach to a group of people. You don't write anything down. Sometimes you get nothing from it except the title or maybe a couple nuggets. But we need to be students of the Word of God. So we need to really, uh, you know, take the time to study what is being taught us. And it's the same thing for today. And today is a really powerful verse. I was inspired to preach this verse out of a book that I was, or actually a video that I was watching, uh, that I originally wrote, read in a book, um, and it had to do with Richard Rombrand's life, the Torture for Christ's uh, book, and uh, the movie, and then they did a new one, Voice of the Martyrs, brought out a new one called Sabina, the Nazi Years, and uh, there was a place in there where they were having to cross um, into another area, and they had to go through a blockade, or, a, you know, uh, and the uh, Germans were there, and they were obviously hated Jews, and these guys on their passports were stamped Jews, and so they were uh, almost the next car in line uh, to be inspected and to show uh, this um, passport, and the wife pulled this verse out and looked at her husband and read it, and he looked at her and said, well, we may never be together again. And she looked at him and she goes, well, she goes, we either believe this or we don't. So that's where I got this verse. And it's in Philippians chapter 1, verse 21. Philippians 1, verse 21. And I'm going to title this, A Key Verse for Life. A Key Verse for Life. And the verse goes like this, very short, but there's so much in it. And so powerful and so meaningful. Philippians 1.21, it says, For to me, this is the Apostle Paul. This is his life. This is who Paul is. He's summing up everything that he is and everything that he's about and everything that he thinks about and everything that he does and talks about constantly. He says, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me, to live is Christ. When Paul was still on the earth, he was intimately bound up in Christ. And one person wrote this, he was hopelessly addicted to the presence of Christ. He was desperately dependent upon the power of Christ. He was utterly abandoned to the program of Christ. He was passionately jealous for the person of Christ. You know, and we got to ask ourselves, what are we passionate about? Sports, hobbies, recreation, work, family. Paul sets a high bar and he gives us this glorious declaration of his ruling passion and that is Christ, to live Christ. He lived Christ in everything and it's challenging to us but he's no different than we are. If we are truly born again and Savior filled with the Spirit, this needs to be our life as well and our mindset as well. One Bible commentator wrote, the words of this text are not the words of a newly born Christian, but the language of a full-grown man in Christ. They contain the ripe experience of a well-matured Christian. There are 30 years of Christian life and experience at the back of these words, for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. 
and we can't obviously we can't expect to jump into uh, this type of experience like Paul has. We need to grow into the grace and the realization and the knowledge of that. But there's no reason why we can't be here as well. Paul grew more as a saint of God every single day that he lived. And his last days were his crowning days of glorious and triumphant life. Even up to the day that he that he died, he was. It was all about to live as Christ, preaching Christ. Everything was about Christ. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones wrote, We stand here face to face with one of the sublimest and greatest statements ever made, even by this mighty apostle of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There is a sense in which anyone who faces this verse must feel that he stands on very sacred ground. Indeed, I am ready to admit that I would almost regard it as sacrilege to approach a verse like this in an un worthy manner to live is christ and to die is gain this is the key verse in the epistle and this should be a key verse in our life very short verse we should all have this memorized and there's a lot of these different stories that i've read of people who have been imprisoned and tortured and captured uh for for their faith in christ in nations of the world and how many times I read this in the book, this will be one of the main verses that they quote to themselves while they're going through these despicable situations. For Christ, they will always have this particular verse in mind. For to me, is live is Christ and to die is gain because they're living a life where literally death could come at the next moment. They know that is a total reality. One missionary named Bill Wallace, he was a doctor in China. He loved these words. And it says, when he was arrested by the communists and brutally treated, he would scribble this verse and others on the wall of his cell to help keep his sanity. After months of interrogation and abuse, he was found dead. The communists claimed that he hanged himself, but his body showed signs of having been beaten to death. His friends buried him with honor and inscribed over his grave the words they felt described the motivation of his life, for to me to live is Christ. You know, people wonder what the purpose of life is today and why they are here. Um, the true follower of Christ, if you're listening to this and you are truly saved, you should know the answer to these questions. Your life's been changed. You are now in Christ. And everything about your life and everything about my life and every one of us who are watching this should be all about Christ. Everything we do, if we go to work, we do it for Christ. If we if we talk to people at work, we do it for Christ. We everything we do is Christ centered in our lives. But it's gotten so you know we all of us have got or can get to the point where we're we're not. We're so um, worldly minded and we're always contemplating on everything else but Christ. We're thinking of the things of the world, the problems that are going on, especially all the weirdness and chaos that's going on in this nation right now. And these things can't rob us of the truth and the absolute understanding that our lives need to be built on Christ and everything about our lives exudes Christ. We have a purpose for living and that purpose as a believer, as a true follower of Christ is to glorify Christ and to live for him, not money, not self, not glory, and not fame. We are to live for Christ, not money, not self, not glory, and or fame. We are to live for him. Paul is giving his own view of living. To live is 
Christ. And it is the best view and the one we should daily seek to emulate because Paul exhorted us to be imitators of his life. And if we're truly going to be imitators of his life, we are going to live a life that says to live is Christ. And yes, we need the Holy Spirit's help to live this way. Uh, we can't do all this stuff on our own. And that's the beautiful thing why Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. When he ascended, he sent the Spirit to come and to live and reside in us, who now gives us the power to live this way. He gives us the power to be people who are completely consumed with Christ and everything about Christ. So it goes on. He says in this, for to me. So with this phrase, Paul's saying, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. So he's being very personal here. For to me, for to me, to live. In the Greek, that word is, is not there. It's to live Christ. This is the literal rendering because the Greek has no verb for or verbs for the word is, which honestly makes the statement even a little bit more dramatic. To live Christ. For to me, to live Christ. Paul had no thought of life apart from Christ. And so we see in this nutshell, Paul's chief end for living, and it was all wrapped up in Christ. Again, it was not for money, not for fame or pleasure, man. Paul could have been a famous teacher, preacher, um, and this and that, like so many people want to be today, but he gave it all, and he gave it all for Christ. Nothing about money, nothing about fame. You know, he barely, sometimes he looked like he barely got by, and he was beaten and flogged and shipwrecked and all this, but he did it all for Christ, and he kept on going because he was doing it all for Christ, consumed with a drive to live all out for Christ. So I ask us, what are we living for? Are we living for time, the time we're in now? Are we living for eternity? Um, the answer will determine your life. It, it's very important. That answer, how you answer that question will determine the direction of your life. Am I living for time? Am I living for now? Or am I living for eternity? And if our purpose is vague or fuzzy, our direction will be fuzzy. So we need to really lock this down. What am I living for? And if you're a born-again believer, your answer should be, I am living to glorify Christ with everything in my life. And in the context, to live as Christ, it means that Paul, for Paul, to keep an eye on living here, Paul means, when he's talking about, to me, uh, to live as Christ, everything was Christ. His ministry was Christ. His, it was Christ-centered. He had a Christ-empowered ministry. Uh, Christ's presence was in his ministry. Everything about what he did was about Christ at the center of all that he did and how he lived his life. Listen. The instant a person truly believes in Jesus Christ as their Savior, he is joined organically in a living, real union with Christ, the head, as the member of his body, the church. So to be in Christ means that all that is true of Christ is true of us. We are in him. He is in us. Our life should be completely and totally wrapped up in him. Why do we see so many people in church, out of church, in church, up and down? Because Either they're not really saved, and they think they are, and they just come to church to satisfy themselves because they're doing something religious and it makes them feel good. Either that, or they're not locked into truly living their life for Christ. Because if our life is locked into living for Christ, it will affect everything. It'll affect the way we give. It should affect our checkbook because we should be givers because the Bible talks about everything's about Christ. And we give, we love, we serve, we do all these things for the kingdom. We witness, we, we do all these things, and we do them in Christ to the utmost of our ability. 
Paul wrote in Romans chapter 6, verses 10 and 11, he wrote, For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all, but the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So the true believer is in union with Christ. Thusly, everything about our life should shout, my life is about Christ. But yeah, we're standing, we have this standing in God, but remember, we've got to make a point of this. This doesn't just happen. We have to grow in this experience. We have to grow in the reality of our standing in Christ so that in our daily lives, we live in fellowship with Christ, communing with Christ, and depending on him for everything. So this is something that we grow into. And if we've been saved any amount of time, we should well be on our way to the understanding of who we are before God. We are in Christ and Christ is in us. And to be in Christ means to, to know Christ intimately. It means to know him intimately and growing to know him intimately. Maybe you're new as being a believer. Maybe you haven't really uh, set your face to your life to be like this, but now it's time. You're hearing it now. It's now your responsibility to grab the sermon, grab the words, grab the truth, and to begin to run with them and make your life a life like this so that, so that at the end of your life, you someone could write on your headstone to live as Christ and to die as gain. That that was your overarching, that was what your life was. It was all about Christ. It means growing to know Christ intimately. It means growing to love Christ with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. We grow into these things. It means submitting all of my thoughts, my emotions, my words, and deeds to the Lordship of Christ so that I seek to please Him in all respects. Colossians 1.10 it means growing to experience Christ as my all in all. Ephesians 1.23 and Colossians 3.11. Let me say those again. It means growing to love him with all my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. Do you love Christ with all of your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? Does your life show that? It means submitting all of my thoughts, emotions, words, and deeds to the Lordship of Christ so that I seek to please Him in all respects. Do you, have you submitted all your thoughts, all your emotions and words and deeds to the Lordship of Christ? And lastly, it means growing to experience Christ as my all and all. Are you growing towards a relationship with Christ where He is your all and all? And listen, we can all get here. We all have the ability to get to this place in our life, to be in this position in our lives as people who truly live for Christ. In every aspect of life, it must be centered around the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone says, well, this is so hard. I, I know, But understand something. If, if, you're, if you're, however long you've been saved, five years, you should be on your way definitely to understanding this. 10 years, 20 years, man. You should be well on your way to understanding your position in Christ and to knowing now that you want everything about your life to be about Christ. To live is Christ. Listen, that's what this life is all about for us as believers. I see all the stuff going on around me. I see all the, the uh, travesty of the evils, the debauchery, the perversion 
that's going on in this once great nation and being led by people who are pushing it into a direction that's literally destroying it. But I'm not going to let that affect me from seeking after Christ, from serving Christ, from living for Christ, from doing what I got to do to be a person who is completely and totally Christ-centered. Am I completely there yet? No. But I got to work on that every day that I make sure that I am, again, submitting every thought, deed, and emotion to Christ and that he is truly my all and all. And listen, our experience of living Christ, it's a process that will never be fully realized in this life, but it is a process that we are driving towards. That is the key to our life. That is the purpose of our life. Oh, you know, our purpose is, I want to make this much money, or I want to have this, or I want to have five kids, or I want to do this. Your purpose in life as a follower of Christ is to be about Christ, is to have loved Christ with everything in you. It's about having made Christ your all in all. That is your purpose in life to experience living Christ and make this truly about your life. That's what your life is about. And it's a process that's never fully realized in this life, but you can move well into it. And this is just a challenge. This is going to be a short, simple sermon to challenge you to step into that kind of a mindset. The Apostle Paul said in Philippians 3.12, Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect, but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. Listen, even the godliest Christians have times when Christ seems distant and the soul soul is dull and sluggish. I get that. In this life, we never reach a point where we are not tempted by sin, where we do not have to battle the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and a boastful pride of life. We never reach a point where those things go away. But each of us who are truly children of God will have as our focus to live an experiential way the fact of our union with Christ so that he becomes our all in our are our all in all. Listen, those temptations, those struggles, that battle of the flesh is not going to go is not going to go away, but again, we as true children of God will have as our focus to live an experiential way the, the fact of our union with Christ so that he becomes our all. Your life becomes a life where Christ is all in all in everything that you do. And Paul saying in essence here, do you know what makes me tick? what makes me live, where I get all my resources from. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is my life. So to live is Christ. The second part of this verse says, and to die is gain. So the world, how does the world see? The world sees death as the end as loss of all for which one has lived. But for the true follower of Christ, for us, to die is not the end. To us, to die is gain. We never die, really. We leave this earth and go on to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, this kind of thing sounds utterly foolish to people who are in the world. And we know that, that that can, you wonder how could that possibly be? But 1 Corinthians 2.14 says, And natural man does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, For they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them because they are spiritually appraised. So people are not going to understand your mindset. For you to say to live as Christ and to die is game, they are not going to understand that mindset. But that's the mindset that we got to have. That's the mindset that you and I 
have got to have to live as Christ. Man, and all, again, all these accounts of these people who have suffered, tortured overseas for their faith, um, they all, this, this part of this verse, to live as Christ, but this part of this verse, to die as gain, is so real to them. Again, because they know that at any moment, either they can be found out that they have converted to Christianity or they may already be in prison and this could be the day where they are, you know, where they are killed a bit finally. And uh, they, um, this is how they live their lives and this is real to them. Sometimes we just read it as a verse and sounds really good and put it up on the wall, but this is life to people who understand uh, that for them, life is extremely short because they are serving Christ and because they are now associated with Christ. So did you catch what Paul was saying when he says to die as gain? This is really easy to miss. He goes on to state that the death, that death for a true follower of Christ is the entrance to gain, not the exit from living. The true follower of Christ, death is the entrance to gain, not the exit from living. And sadly, most of us, even believers, see um, we see it. The, we see it in the latter. That's us uh, as what we are losing or leaving behind, and not what we are gaining. We can't take any of this stuff with us. We are gaining heaven. We are gaining eternal life. To live as Christ, to die is to gain eternal life. It's great stuff for a funeral, isn't it? Paul says that to die is gain because in the absence of life's limitations. Union with Christ will be completely consummated. We will be ultimately with Christ forever and ever and ever and ever. So to live is Christ, but to die is great gain. You're going to be with Christ for eternity. 1 Corinthians 15, 40 through 58 talks about the earthly tent, which is our house. When it's torn down, we have a building from God, a body of glory, immortal, incorruptible, eternal. We have a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. That's what it's oh that's what's awaiting us at the moment of our death. So we should never be people who actually who fear death. I remember the story of Richard Wombrand when he was arrested and put in prison for 14 years and horribly tortured basically every day, he memorized, he knew, he said there was 366 verses in the Bible that talk about do not fear. And he had all of those written down, all those memorized. And when he was in prison, he would do one verse per each day. Even the day they kidnapped him and put him in the car, he was quoting the, the first verse that he had. And so no fear. We have no fear of death. We have no fear of death because we know that when death comes, it's going to be gained for us. So Paul faces death with independence. And Paul faces death with a calm courage. To die is to cash in both principle and interest, and so to have more of Christ than when living. So when we, think about it, when we die, we live our lives now all out for Christ. We're supposed to. He's supposed to be our all in all. But we can, that can never be fully consummated on earth. But when we die and we go to be with Christ, now we have him in his, in, in, in his complete fullness and we have that relationship forever and ever and ever. For us as followers of Christ, death is exchanging the burden of earthly life for the eternal joy of heaven. At death, for all you uh, IRA people out there and stock people, for death, Christians collect the dividends from the investment of their earthly 
temporal life for Christ, and God pays the richest dividends eternally. We will gain both in what we lose, we lose our sinful body, temptation, sorrow, sufferings, enemies, etc., and in what we gain, and we gain a glorified body, personal presence with Christ, joy, reunion with departed saints, etc. Man, the gain is so much greater than even anything that we are living right now. Amen. We lose everything we don't need. We lose the world, the flesh, the devil. We lose our trials, our troubles, our tears, our fears, and our weaknesses. We keep everything that matters. We keep our personality, our identity, and our knowledge of all that is good. We gain what we have never had before. We gain heaven, the saints, the angels, the presence of God, and Jesus himself. So to make the most out of today, keep Christ, heaven, and eternity constantly in mind because we cannot really live until we're really ready and willing to die. That's powerful. That's a powerful thought. We cannot really live until we're really ready and willing to die and understand what that is all about. And remember, I, someone wrote this down and I put it down as well. It said, remember also that heavenly minded people like Paul are the ones who do the most earthly good. That's why Paul did such incredible things for the kingdom of God. Death takes believers but not to a cemetery, but to a sanctuary. Death takes believers not to a cemetery, but to a sanctuary. Amen. So let me close with the first part of this verse again real quick. So to live is Christ. Drive this home. The Apostle Paul is saying that everything he has tried to be, everything he is, and everything he looked forward to being pointed to Christ. From the time of Paul's conversion until his martyrdom, every move he made was aimed at advancing the knowledge, gospel, and church of Jesus Christ. Paul's singular aim was to bring glory to Jesus. That was his singular aim. To live as Christ means that we proclaim the gospel of Christ. Paul preached in synagogues. He preached at riversides. He preached as a prisoner. He preached as an apostle. He preached as a tent maker. His message was constant. Jesus Christ and him crucified. He brought the message of Christ's sacrifice to kings, to soldiers, to statesmen, to priests, to philosophers, Jews and Gentiles, men and women. He would preach literally to anyone who would listen to him, and he would preach Christ. To live as Christ means that we imitate the example of Paul, that we imitate the example of Christ. Everything that Jesus did and everything that Jesus said, that's what Paul wanted to do and that's what Paul wanted to say. And the church benefited from his godly example. 1 Corinthians 11 one says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. We used to ask the question, what would Jesus do? That's what we want to do. Whatever Jesus would do, that's what we want to make sure that we do. To live as Christ means that we pursue the knowledge of Christ. We want to know Christ better and better each day. Not just a set of facts about him, but Christ himself. I want to know Christ, it says in Philippians chapter 3. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. 
To live as Christ means that we are willing to give up anything that prevents us from having Christ. Philippians 3, again, the Apostle Paul says, Whatever were gains to me, I now consider lost for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Philippians 3, 7 through 9. So we, cr- we cling to the promise of Mark 10, 29 through 30, that our sacrifices for Jesus' sake will be repaid a hundredfold. To live as Christ means that Christ is our focus. He is our goal and our chief desire. Christ is the center point of our mind, of our heart, of our body, and of our soul. Everything that we do, we do for Christ's glory. Amen. Let me let me close real quick with this short story. It's called A Winner Either Way. It says, Lois had just undergone cancer surgery and was alone with her thoughts. She faced death before or so she thought, but it had always been the death of people she had loved, not her own. Suddenly, she realized that losing someone she loved was more threatening to her than the possibility of losing her own life. She wondered why. She remembered what she had asked herself before her operation. Am I willing to die? Her immediate answer had been, and still was, yes, I am. Christ is my Lord and Savior. With her readiness for death secure, she now needed to concentrate on living. Would it be in fear or in faith? Then God seemed to say, I have saved you from eternal death. I want to save you from living in fear. Isaiah 43.1 came to mind to her. I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. Now Lois testifies, yes, I am his. That's the reality that is more important than doctors telling me I have cancer. And then she adds, I win either way. Whew. Lois's insight is a convinced echo of Paul's words in today's text, for to me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Let's pray that those words may resonate in our hearts, that confidence makes us winners either way. To live is Christ, to die is gain. I am a winner either way. Amen. Let me pray for you right now. Father, we just thank you for this time together. We pray, Father God, that this would be a key verse for life for all of us, to live as Christ and to die as gain. We thank you for the example of Paul. We thank you for the example of others, Father God, who have been martyred for the cause of Christ. We thank you, Father God, that they have stood strong, Father God, in their faith for you. I pray all of us, Father, who are listening to this, we would grow in that maturity. We would, we would grow in that understanding of who we are in Christ. And that we would live our lives then thusly for Christ. And everything about us would be about Christ first. Everything, the way we talk, think, act, everything, how we react, everything is about Christ. We are about the things of Christ. We are about telling people about Christ. We're about everything having in our lives being everything about serving Christ, to glorify Christ. In everything that we say, in word, in deed, or in action, we glorify Christ. So we thank you. Holy Spirit, for helping us, strengthening us to be able to accomplish this with our lives. We thank you. We don't fear death. We know that death for us as men and women of God is gain. But while we're here, to us to live is Christ. It's all about Christ. So we thank you for this. Bless those who have listened. 
Challenge them, Holy Spirit. Instigate them to a new walk with you. Instigate them to live their lives all out for Christ. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen and amen. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening to me today. I hope this has blessed you. You need to keep listening to it over and over again. Pass it on to somebody else. Challenge them to go to bradtelleministries.org where they can see more sermons, listen to more sermons and see videos about the different things that we have uh, put there for their benefit. So I am so glad you're with me. Remember, you have this day today. So for the rest of whatever you're doing today, live it all out for Christ and set your mind to live that way for the rest of your life. Amen. God bless you.